Hello everybody and welcome to History Revisited with James Lamont, where we look at historical events and people from the perspective of the Catholic Church. Today we're going to be looking at the French Revolution, which started in 1789. Um, up until this time, France had been a monarchy, so the people rose up, started a rebellion, and... Uh, how, and establish a republic, however, it quickly degraded into an era called the Reign of Terror, which was basically just mob rule. Uh, the popular perception of this event was very, at least uh, later on, looking back at it, the perception is mixed. Uh, usually the beginning part of the revolution is viewed positively because they were fighting to get rid of a monarchy and establish a republic. Uh, especially in America, that's something we view as a good thing. Towards the end, though, it was obvious that the revolution really had some major flaws because the regime that it created basically just ended up killing anyone who disagreed with it. Uh, anyone with counter-revolutionary thought was uh, killed often by the guillotine. So before we can decide what our view of this whole thing should be, we need to look at the backstory. Prior to the late 1780s, France was a monarchy. Um, a monarchy, for those of you who don't know, is a, a, is a nation ruled by a king or a queen. There are different types of monarchies. There are constitutional ones where the king's power is limited. But in this monarchy, this was just an absolute monarchy up until 1789. With uh, very little power given to anyone else. The king had the majority of the power politically speaking. Um, now, during this time in the late 1780s, France was in a horrible economic depression. There was massive inflation, high unemployment, uh, and this massive inflation was leading to higher food prices, and France was also undergoing rapid population growth at the time, which created even, you know, a large demand for food prices, and that, of course, drew the prices up even more it was hard for people to make a living because they could barely pay for food. The country was also under massive debt, partially from a war to for Americans. This, they helped us in the Revolutionary War. So that, that was part of what their debt was from, paying for war expenses, but there was other debt involved as well. Uh, their tax system was also very strange. It was a regressive tax system, which meant the poor, the lower your income, the more you, the more percentage of your wealth you pay, and the more income you make, the less percentage of your wealth you pay. That's called a regressive tax system. The idea is that everyone pays an equal amount of money, but $500 to a poor person is a lot more than $500 to a rich person. It doesn't really work out. That meant the rich often uh, were fine, but the poor people could barely live under that tax system. Uh, what was more, France 
was still feudalistic at this time, which meant there was a set nobility that you had to be born in, and then there was and then there were commoners. So the nobility, which was the rich people who were born as aristocrats, fancy titles, big lands, all of that sort of thing. The nobility didn't have to pay any tax at all. That was one of their privileges. So these poor people who are paying a higher tax than richer people, and also, on a per, at least from a percentage basis, and also the richest people, the nobility, aren't paying any money at all. They were very frustrated with that. So the people wanted a new constitution. The French monarch resisted, and the people were so fed up that they stormed the Bastille, which was a the Bastille, which was a uh, French military complex in 1789. Uh, they took it over. the The monarchy fell very quickly. The army just couldn't hold out against uh, the French people, and the the common people won. Feudalism was abolished. But once that had been done, a lot of people were unsure about what they wanted to do. It wasn't quite like in the American Revolution where we had a very clear idea of what our government was going to be. They were kind of unsure. Some people wanted a republic. Some people just wanted a constitutional monarchy. Wanted the king to stay in power but just be more limited. So there was uh, a lot of disagreement about what was going to happen. One thing that they could all agree agree on was uh, Marquis de Lafayette, which was which incidentally was a man the French had sent to the U.S. to help uh, us fight the British in the in our American Revolution, and Lafayette also was a friend of Thomas Jefferson. He wrote something they called the Declaration of Rights of Man and of the Citizen, and that was sort of like their Bill of Rights, a combination of a Declaration of Independence and a Bill of Rights. That's about what it would be uh, similar to for from the American perspective. A cons- they finally settled on establishing a constitutional monarchy, which there's the king, they let the king stay in power, but they also had a sort of like a parliament, an assembly of representatives who had the majority of the power. So they had something more, something much freer than what they had before. Now, something they did of interest to us as Catholics was they confiscated all Catholic Church property. They made the Catholic Church subject to the French government. So they made priests government employees. They made the church have to do whatever the French government said. They had to sign a uh, a loyalty statement to the French government. They just came in. They also just shut down all monasteries and convents. And anyone who resisted was either exiled or executed. So very bad things for us Catholics. Uh, Much harder to exercise our faith. And the faith is also expected to serve the government. Uh, The government was still, though, despite the fact that a, a constitutional monarchy was established, the government was still confused, a lot of people were still discontent, and many people sought to destroy this discontentment by invading Austria, 
might sound a little over ambitious for a brand new government, but they felt that they had to spread their revolutionary spirit and destroy all uh, and destroy the monarchy. And they did invade Austria. They also decided to suspend the monarchy in 1792 and put the king out of power forever and establish a real republic. They also decided to attack Prussia. So they really were, uh, go, you might say, overambitious. You know, and this is a situation we can compare to the American revolution where we won our revolution and we were like, okay, let's kind of isolate ourselves from everybody because that's not going to turn out well for us fighting in wars and all that sort of thing. France is like, yeah, we took over. We're going to go take over the whole world, basically, and spread our revolutionary spirit. So they attacked Prussia, and they actually won the first battle. And then they decided to execute their own king. They decided to execute uh, King Louis, who they had kicked out of office for uh, having counter-revolutionary uh, plans. So they had basically gone from winning their revolution to doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They're fighting wars with Austria and Prussia. They are killing, executing their own king or former king. And Europe looks at this and they were basically thinking, oh my gosh, these French people are insane. So... Europe was basically ready to go to war and unite against France. Meanwhile, in France, they started having mass killings. Even common criminals were executed. Uh, just a horrible system of capital punishment where basically you did anything and you were killed because their economy was horrible and they were so unprofessional. They were basically like, oh, we've got prisoners. We're going to start killing them. We don't want to have to feed them, basically. Uh, there were many uprisings under the stresses of the war. In fact, some northern regions of France, like Brittany, were still very loyal to, or I guess I should say it this way, the people in Brittany were better Catholics than the people in other parts of France. And they were not willing to go on with this idea of uh, the state has control of the church. That's not right. So many, there were militias rising up pro-Catholic in uh, in Brittany who are against the government. Uh, lots of people are also just rising up because the stresses of war are too much. Probably not surprising for this brand new government to go around doing wars. Well, of course that's going to be a major stress on the people. And it looked like the Republic was on the verge of a of collapse. So then we have a French revolutionary leader named Maximilien Robespierre. Robespierre comes to power and he says he wants to inspire revolutionary fervor. He wants to end all these uprisings by uniting everybody for the revolutionary cause, basically, was his idea. And we're going to re-inspire our revolutionary fervor. Well, what that basically meant to him was we're going to kill anyone who doesn't agree with the revolution. They've already been doing plenty of that, but now they're going to really ramp it up. Uh, the Constitution of the Republic was suspended. The death penalty was uh, 
was instituted for all sorts of crimes, even hoarding. Even just if they found out because food prices were high, so they found out you had a bunch of food in your house and you weren't sharing it. Well, you're going to the gallows to be to have your head cut off by a guillotine. Um, anyone who said that the government was bad was killed. Uh, anyone with any sort of counter-revolutionary ideas, it was it was similar to. Uh, the Soviet Union in like the 1930s. Pretty much, if you said it was dangerous to speak your mind, if your mind had anything that goes against what the government has to say, and you could very much be killed for what you said. Like I said, they uh, they suspended their own constitution. Anyone who was an enemy of the people also had no right to defense. So. If you were proclaimed by the government to be an enemy of the people, it doesn't really matter what evidence you have about anything you may or may not have done. They're just going to kill you. Now, uh, later on, a new government was started in the late 1790s. Things weren't quite as bad. That, that whole era of just killing everybody was known as the Reign of Terror. And... Uh, Things started to get better after that, and for me to explain where it where it all went from there, that would be a whole nother episode in French in French history. But uh, basically, uh, it would lead to Napoleon, and he would uh, he would invade large parts of Europe later. But for the time being, in the late 1790s, things calmed down some. And that was the end of the Reign of Terror. So what does the Catholic Church have to say about all this? Murder is wrong. The Catholic Church has always said, uh, has always upheld that. That goes back to the fifth commandment in the book of Exodus. Thou shalt not kill. You don't just kill people. And the French... The revolutionary government was doing a lot of that. They were killing people for anyone, anyone who disagreed with them. Petty thieves. Like I said, hoarders. If you have too much food in your house, we're going to kill you. Um, so, so the reign of terror was definitely bad. The Catholic Church also opposes the death penalty. and We oppose capital punishment in the Catholic Church. That is in the Catechism. So... Uh, you're, so the idea that the state can decide someone needs to die, at least someone who is not a threat to anyone, someone who's in custody, needs to die, that's not acceptable in Catholic moral teaching. Now, in the past, the Catholic Church has said that cap capital punishment is okay in some situations, but even, even then, this French, the French method of doing this doesn't fit that, because... You're only supposed to commit violence in Catholicism if it is to save the life of someone. Um, and not just to save the life of someone, but to kill someone who is actively trying to kill or harm innocent people. So that's not what a lot of the people the French Revolution were killing. They were just killing anyone who was against the revolutionary government. So... That section, that later section of the French Revolution is very obviously wrong. The Reign of Terror was very bad. Now, 
especially considering that many of the people they were killing were not really a threat to anyone. Now, uh, a lot of people have positive views of the beginning part of the French Revolution, you know, getting rid of the monarchy, all of that sort of thing. And uh, from a secular perspective, that's great. We don't like uh, monarchy very much. From the Catholic perspective, that's kind of neutral. There have been Catholic monarchies before. Uh, there can be, you can have a Catholic monarchy, you can have a Catholic republic, you can have a Catholic anything. Uh, that That's not so much an issue in Catholicism. But what we can say about what they did was they made the Catholic Church subject to the state and the French government. And one of the great things about Catholicism compared to, say, some Orthodox churches or the Anglican Church in England, is that the Catholic Church is independent of any state. We are completely free to say what we want to say. We are a separate entity. We are not part of any country. We are not under the government of any, of any country. We are a free church, and that means that we can truly say, we can truly spread the word of God without interference from any government. And now these sec the French uh, the people who led the French Revolution had a lot of secularist ideas and they thought that the state should be above the church. That was very important to them. And that's not what we believe as Catholics because the church is the body of those who follow Christ. It is really the best I'm going to say this very frankly, it's the best institution in the world that the church is, is the most important institution in the world. The state is not as important as the church. The state, in some situations, may collapse, it may go away, and a different state has to come up. But there can only ever be one church. The church should always be above the state for any Catholic. If there's a conflict between what the church says and what your government is telling you to do, you need to go with what the church says. And this idea that the French had that they could just establish a state that was above the church? No, because the church takes its orders directly from God. The state does not control the church. That's not what we believe. That is a very secular idea, especially to the point where the state was coming in and telling the monasteries and the convents, you're dissolved. The Pope didn't say so, but we say so. No, the state does not have that kind of power. That's not at all what Catholicism is about. Catholic, uh, as Catholics, we can definitely refute the ideas that the French revolutionary government had. The church is supreme. The state does not have power over the church. At least not, you know, the, the state sets civil laws and stuff, and the church can't break civil law, right? You can't have a if a church goes and steals stuff from some somewhere else, that's okay. That goes against, or in that case, they are subject to the government. The church can't commit theft or whatever. But the state can't determine the church's theology or anything like that. And that is what the French government basically did um, in the French Revolution. So I say when we revisit history, we can say uh, people were right in that uh, the French 
Reign of Terror was bad, but they are wrong that the French Revolution itself from the beginning was good. From the beginning, it had horribly secular ideas that go against what we believe as Catholics, and therefore a good Catholic should oppose the ideals of the French Revolution. We're all for freedom and liberty, yay, that's great, but uh, we are not for the secularist ideas of the state can be above the church and tell the church what it can or can't do, uh, other than just civil laws like don't commit murder, don't steal stuff. Now, uh, so when we revisit history, I think we can say that history is wrong and that it is too lenient on the French Revolution. Even though it has a more negative view of it in general, it still is too positive for a Catholic. Now, I have a special message I would like to tell y'all. Uh, I'm moving from Podbean to Anchor. Uh, I've just, I've looked at the, uh, I've compared the two and figured out Anchor is just a much better deal for me. And I'm going to be migrating over there. So y'all can find me at Anchor. It's still History Revisited. Um, and But I just want y'all to know I'm moving over there. I'm still going to be on Apple Podcasts. I'm still going to be on Spotify. I'm still going to be on Google Podcasts. And I'm still going to be on Podvine. But uh, I'm changing my host from Podbean to Anchor. It's the same. It's going to be the same podcast name. Still going to be History Revisited. And... Uh, same content, and I'm still going to have the old episodes on Anchor, uh, you know, my assassination of Julius Caesar and the Joseph McCarthy hearings, those are still both going to be on Anchor. I just want to let y'all know that I'm I'm moving, I'm leaving uh, Podbean. So that's all I have to say. Uh, I hope y'all have a good day, and I hope to see y'all again soon on History Revisited.